Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Garrett, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael, and we cover all things entertainment, pop culture, travel, movies, games, hardware, and more. You can catch us online at sknr.net. You can catch me each week on DJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. Of course, you can hear us on Sci-Fi Radio. And we also have our quarterly magazine. We're currently finishing up the December issue, which should be available next week, uh, with our expanded holiday gift guide in it. And, of course, we can also be seen on Pinal, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, which is a network of newspapers that carry our content. Just look up the keyword skewed. And there are various syndicators and outlets, everything from N4G to Open Critic, that you can find us on. So we're getting close to wrapping up our uh, 2022 coverage, um, at least from the Skewcast version, because next week is my last week before the holiday break, uh, because uh, next week at this time, I will be uh, getting set to board a Disney cruise with the missus, and that'll take us up to Christmas Eve, pretty much, because we'll get off the day before, but we have a Christmas Eve at Knott's Berry Farm, maybe downtown Disney taking care of some stuff, so naturally... That's going to make things a little difficult to record because I somehow don't think I can be doing a lot of recording on the 23rd just coming off the boat. But uh, we will definitely be back to do something uh, before the new year so we can wrap up 2022 in style and do a, I think we'll probably end up doing some kind of preview for 2023, filming games, that sort of thing. So uh, starting off, let's talk about Warner Brothers. It seems like this has become a uh, annual um, thing for us with all the shakeup of projects being canceled and uh, altered and so on and so forth. Last uh, show we talked about Wonder Woman 3 apparently not going forward. And now we're hearing that a little bit of a tiff is brewing between Warner Brothers Discovery and Netflix over the recent renewal of Sandman. And this apparently has become a catalyst for a larger issue. And the report that's uh, being originally credited to Deadline is that Warner Brothers Discovery Chief David Zaslav is unhappy with the way that the Netflix deals are structured, which uh, issues out the payments to producers over the course of 18 to 24 months. Apparently, that's one of the main reasons that despite clocking up over 2 million hours viewed in its first 10 days, it took them three months to uh, negotiate a renewal order for a second season of Sandman. And apparently, this uh, conflict has been... Uh, brewing because this is the long-standing arrangement that Netflix has had in place, and of course, even with Warner Brothers getting new payments from Netflix when it launched the ad tier, uh, they've basically been told, his team, to pause selling finished shows to Netflix for a few weeks, and of course, this has become an issue in that Netflix has become one of their larger suppliers. Um, television has become a big uh, supplier for Netflix, and of course shows that, just to give you an idea, Sweet Tooth, Manifest, so on and so forth, CW series, and much more. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of the conflict there, because remember, Warner Brothers also has HBO Max. So, why don't we start off, uh, Justin, um, what do you think about this, and then we'll discuss the second part of the Warner Brothers news. 
Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Um, it seems like Warner Brothers is kind of in a tumultuous time right now. Um, I know that there was a, uh, I, I believe that the merger with Discovery was, uh, how long ago was that now? Like, just, it's been just a few months. Um, but uh, less than a year, I think. Yeah, so it it happened. It happened. I'm pretty sure this year. Uh, it's. I think this is just kind of goes with the territory that. Um, you know, after a big merger like that, um, and then also when when you couple that with uh, a lot of what Warner Brothers was working on, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say all of it was uh, was was in kind of dire straits, but uh, there there was a bit of, mi- of a mixed bag in terms of success. So some of the things that they've been working on have been you know very successful, um, but some of it hasn't, and I I think with with kind of a mixed territory like that, it becomes uh, a little more um, tumultuous in terms of how they uh, how they restructure all of their their agreements with the people that they're working with. Um, it's a little different than you know when Fox was purchased by Disney. I think most people agreed that the Fox was really kind of struggling. Uh, most of the things that they were working on we're uh we're struggling more than than they were successful so i think you know that makes it a little easier you take on fox and it's uh it's a bit a bit of a clearer picture on what to do but with warner brothers because some of it is um you know in good condition and some of it isn't it's it, it's a little more complicated and i'm probably you know we're, we're due for probably to hear a little more of uh of this news you know throughout the next year uh while they kind of figure out how they're how they're going to settle all this. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Michael, what do you think? Yeah, and I agree with Justin on all that. I mean, anytime um, a restructure like this goes through or a buyout or anything else, there's always, particularly when there's already a lot of um, projects in the fire that need to be sorted out, um, it can be really tumultuous to kind of go through all of those things. You know, the, the thing about the Netflix payment plan, I guess we want to call that, too, is I can understand the hesitancy to want to, you know, work on a second or third or fourth season or something if you're still waiting to get paid over the course of one or two years. I mean, and it makes sense why um, some of these series might take, you know, two or three years before the second the second season comes out versus something like on on normal TV, which might be, you know, every fall or, or something along those lines. You know, it, and it's, it kind of makes sense um, from their perspective is that in order for some of these projects, particularly the more expensive ones, to get off the ground and to really um, make their money back, you, you know, they, they, they don't really want to start, you know, until they're, until they're completely paid, they don't want to start on something else. It's not that Netflix has ever... Um, not paid somebody. I'm sure that's probably not as much of a concern, but but it's hard to throw a lot of money at something, knowing that it's going to take you know two to four years to recoup those costs, um, without having some sort of you know guarantee that that's going to happen. So I think that, in addition to all the changes and and again some of the unsuccessful projects that Warner Brothers has been known for over the past um, couple of years in general. I think it's all uh, kind of a recipe for a real rocky ride until we uh, get things settled. It is very interesting because if you look at it from a straight business standpoint, 
they tried to uh, save money and ended up losing even more. And the problem is you have to spend money to create content, but at the same time, it's a very competitive landscape on the streaming marketplace because you have so much competition. We've discussed how the box office is down except for the big event films. In fact, we'll be discussing Avatar a little later, and I was reading how exhibitors are just, I mean, they're incredibly nervous because it has been an extremely disappointing box office season of late, with the exception of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and they desperately, desperately need Avatar 2 to be the big hit that they're hoping it's going to be because they've said, you know, box office is down, they're not getting people in, and so here's Warner Brothers looking at all these costly projects, and they're sitting here going, okay, how can we save money, but yet at the same time still put content out that will attract people and get us going? And then you have that added dilemma of, wow, we got to work with some of these other outlets. We can't do it all ourselves. And then they're all sticking their hand out for money, and there were previous deals in place, which maybe the new leadership says are not the best deals in place for us. But, you know, they kind of get you over a barrel that you're going to have to dance to our tune or at least pretty close to it or it's not going to happen. And it, it's, it's a real mess because – you know, I was looking at their lineup, and tonight we get the season two finale of The White Lotus. That was a huge hit for them. And I talked about how um, Game of Thrones House of the Dragons ended, and then they went straight to White Lotus. So they had something that every Sunday night, they had a fresh new episode of something that drives in revenue, uh, viewership at least. That's all going away. And looking at their lineup right now, until some of those big shows return, all the focus is going to have to be on Last of Us. And I am just very, very curious if it is going to generate the kind of buzz the same way that um, a Game of Thrones series would. I don't think it will. Um, you know, But at the same time, White Lotus did not come in with huge expectations, and it uh, you know, really grew into something. So the flip side of that is also... We have reports that um, Black Adam is not going to make uh, much, if any, of a profit and may lose somewhere between 50 to $100 million. And now this week, we're getting reports that Michael Keaton, who was enticed back to play Batman in the Batwoman uh, film that eventually got scrapped and would not happen, uh, we've heard that he shot or planned for a scene in, Aquaman, in the Aquaman sequel. That did not happen. We're told he still has a segment in the upcoming Flash film. Uh, but then this week there were news that there was a new um, project in development that would have had him right at the forefront. And that also has been scrapped. And the idea was that it was essentially a live action version of one of the popular animated series. And, uh, you know, yet again, it uh, went it was in early concept stage, and it was moving forward, and then kaboom, it fell apart and didn't happen. So, you know, you, you got to feel for the guy because he, early in his career, talked about how he did not want to be, um, did not want to be typecast, as it were, as Batman, after, and so he walked away after the two movies. Enough time passed, he decided to go back, and then on top of it, 
uh, oof. And so, you know, you got to think about that. So, Michael, what do you think? What do you make of all this stuff that these projects just keep getting chopped to get to get something like the Blue Beetle that they're insisting is still moving forward? Yeah, and um, we kind of talked about this last week, too, how a lot of this content has been pretty inconsistent, um, particularly when we talk about any of the DC stuff, you know, with, with Batgirl and, the, of course, the uh, um, even the Flash. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I honestly am not expecting that necessarily to be a, a faithful uh, resurgence of that franchise either. So, I mean, just the inconsistency. Now, Michael Keaton kind of had a bit of a resurgence, you know, obviously his uh, portrayal of Condor in the, uh, in the Spider-Man movies. Um, and in general, I think he, he brings a lot of credibility to the projects that he works on. But at the same time, it sounds like he's getting kind of um, cut from a lot of things that he wants to do or that he's being um, asked to do. So I think that's going to make for him being a little bit leery to work with the studio going forward, uh, I, I would be for sure. Um, and again, it just seems like there's a lot of decision-making that is just not um, particularly great going on right now. And, and again, some of this obviously um, is just the quality of the work that they're putting through, the inconsistency of the work they're putting through. And I think just some of the, some of the decision-making. I, Again, Black Adam, I thought was okay um, as a movie, but it was not a um, awe-inspiring film. Something like, you know, Spider-Man: No Way Home, or 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 even some of the other Marvel uh, movies. And that's been kind of the approach with a lot of the DC type movies as well. Is for those that were rated high, higher than others, they they still didn't draw me in like some of the other. Marvel movies did. So um, until there becomes a more consistent approach across a lot of these films, um, not even just the DC films, but, but some of the films in general that are being released um, recently, I just don't see a lot of that changing in the near future. Justin, your take, please. Yeah, it really is a shame because uh, the the especially the last one you mentioned that uh, was supposed to be based on Batman Beyond, which uh, you know for for people my age uh, that was a well, it was a huge series uh when when i was growing up um and uh were really popular and honestly like that totally makes sense because the the pitch for batman beyond was it was set far enough in the future that uh you know bruce wayne was was kind of he was he was way older so he couldn't really be batman anymore he was basically retired and you know gotham was more like this uh kind of uh <laughs> almost like a cyberpunk dystopia um because you know he couldn't be batman anymore and the world had kind of changed and uh there was a a new um uh, you know obviously a new batman who was much younger and uh and bruce wayne kind of trains him like bruce wayne is kind of like uh i guess a cross between alfred and uh um i don't know like an obi-wan type character like he uh he tra trained Ter i think it was terry mcginnis was the was the main character so he was kind of like the handler giving him missions and uh training him on, on how to be batman and uh terry was like a high schooler so it's kind of a little bit of a cross between like a peter parker uh and uh and a, and a bruce wayne kind of character it was it was very unique and, and i liked it a lot uh it was it was it was really cool and i think you know 
uh, Michael Keaton in that role would be uh, that would be a, a very interesting way to do it because you know Michael Keaton. I'm, I'm not to be grim, but Michael Keaton is getting a little older, um, you know, and I, I think he would do really well in that in that kind of role of like a passing of the torch, and uh, you know, it would be really kind of nostalgic for people who uh, you know watch the old Batman movies like uh, from. Uh, 89 and i think the second one was like 90 91 but um yeah so that's kind of that's a big shame i i uh i would have really liked that that movie uh if it was executed well obviously you know there's there's a lot of this that we don't really know behind the scenes you know uh in the creative process uh we we kind of established last week that a lot of this is you know warner brothers basically cleaning house like like cleaning the slate uh completely and starting fresh which i actually don't necessarily think is a bad idea i think you know we made points last week about why why they are doing this and probably why they needed to do this earlier and it it, it while it is a shame that some of those ideas are now scrapped um hopefully you know they can be revived again at some point uh, the one the, the better ideas you know a batman beyond movie for instance i think is a is a movie that they, they you know could revive in the future but um, my guess, just my own speculation, is that anything that was very, very, or very early on in the process, they probably scrapped, um, you know, and it really could come down to just the people who were behind the scenes, the producers, the um, the writers, and, you know, the people kind of driving all of the Warner Brothers live action movies are probably being reshuffled elsewhere so they can get a whole new slate of uh, of. Uh, you know creative visionaries as it were to kind of you know uh be the new decision makers of how their uh live action movies are going to go forward and that's the key nobody really knows and it, it i think the problem is it's optics it's just if you're on the outside looking in you sit there and you think i mean on one hand i suppose you could say i'll cut a pay or play deal where i get paid regardless of whether we actually make the thing or not but at the same time you know, this is an investment in your time. This is your name attached to it. And I think I would be very hesitant to um, essentially say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to sign on to this project, knowing that it's going to get out. If there's a good chance that all of a sudden it's going to have the rug pulled out from under us, um, you know, I, I suppose it's better to say, well, we never made our best planning stage and it, it didn't come together than to be something like Batwoman that was pretty much complete. And then they say, not only is it not going to be completed, we're never going to show any of it. So, you know, interesting times ahead. Now, uh, last week, we had a lot of uh, game news with the Game Awards reveal. We talked about uh, E3, and we talked about the Game Awards live event coming. But let's uh, skip away from the winners and that sort of thing. And let's just talk about the reveals. So, Michael, why don't you start us off? What were some of the game reveals that uh, stood out to you from this one. Yeah, I was actually very impressed with the reveals that we did see. Now, not all of these were necessarily um, new. I think a lot, some of these we've kicked around in the past and we've heard about, but still seeing some of the first takes on some of these games were actually, you know, I thought were really good. I mean, some of the ones that I was really excited to see was, you know, Transformers Reactivate. Um, that one looks really interesting. It almost, to me, at first, um, just kind of, I, I wasn't even sure that it was a transformer. I think it looks like New York 
um, being destroyed by monsters and, and something like that, almost like a Cloverfield kind of a, a approach. Um, and then they're you know getting getting a, a robot activated, um, but it did. I I I don't know how it's going to fit within um, any of the, the the story of Transformers, but I think from the reveal, I thought it was pretty exciting. Um, saw you know our first one of our first takes on Judas. Um, which looked outstanding, in my opinion. Um, and also, you know, there were um, some other announcements. Death Stranding 2, which I'll be honest, I haven't played the initial one, but it, you know, I, I know it, it did well, and there was quite a bit of buzz and excitement around that. Um, you know, Claustrophe Cave, Roberta and Ken Williams kind of returning back to digital roots, which was their, you know, first game tied to their success with games like. Um, King's Quest, um, and some of those follow-ups. Um, really, the, the some of the true founders of what we see as the point-and-click adventure, um, you know, starting back in the early 80s. Um, and then, of course, um, Dune Awakening is an MMO that's going to be, um, you know, take place in the Dune um, uh, landscape. I think that's going to be, a, you know, a really interesting take on an MMO, so I was curious to see you know, where they take that and how it goes. Uh, and that's what some of the stuff touched on. Um, I really I, I really thought it was a pretty good show from the overview perspective. Lots of pretty exciting things um, coming out and uh, looks to be a good uh, year or so with uh, the upcoming releases. And Justin, what did you uh, see that was interesting? So, uh, yeah, I think um, Michael hit on a lot of the ones that uh, that I thought look pretty interesting so dune awakening i mean dune is like dune is my favorite novel uh i love the dune universe and um i'm a little skeptical of of uh pulling off a, a an mmo like this but if pulled off well i think this is a fantastic idea i mean dune is such a great setting um and you know there have been very good dune games in the past i mean dune, dune 2000 that was like one of the first uh PC games I ever played. I mean, it was, um, you know, it's just it's a great setting, a lot of great characters, and I, I'm I'm de I'm really lo looking forward to seeing more of this game. It's one of the ones I'm definitely going to be watching. Uh, Jedi Survivor, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, obviously, we we talked about that one that uh, we knew it was going to be shown there. Uh, the trailer did look very good. Looked a uh, a lot you know mostly like what we'd expected uh very much a sequel to the first game uh death stranding 2 uh michael mentioned uh yeah it looks good i i have not played the first game despite you know being a huge fan of the metal gear solid franchise uh i have not played uh death stranding yet um but it looked intriguing uh as as his projects usually do um going on from that i mean diablo 4 got a a uh, new cinematic trailer uh, and a release date for June 6th. Uh, makes sense, 6-6. Six, six. Um, of course, they couldn't wait till, I don't know, 2066. But um, uh, but yeah, it looks good. I mean, uh, it didn't show any gameplay or anything, but uh, June is coming up fairly soon. Um, there is kind of, I don't know if you've read, but there's some kind of, uh, some negative reports coming coming out behind the scenes about what's going on, I guess, uh, with crunch time with that game. But uh, hopefully it turns out really well. Um, and then to kind of cap it out, um, Space Marine 2, I really liked the first game a lot. And I've been really 
looking forward to seeing more of the sequel. Um, we got to see a little bit of gameplay. Um, looks good. Uh, this one I'm I'm also really looking uh forward to seeing more of. And then, uh, I think the one that really kind of surprised me the most. I I I had predicted an Elden Ring DLC. I was not. I was not accurate there, but uh, From Software did show off a trailer for Armored Core Six. Um, so that uh, it, it's been a long time since I've played an Armored Core game, um, but you know, given that uh, From Software has um, you know a, a new kind of a new bar, a new pedigree uh, because of what they've released in the last several years since Dark Souls. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what a, a very polished, uh, high budget, um, from software Armored Core 6. They were some very impressive lineups, and I think the, uh, the Star Wars one obviously has been the most popular. There have been some interesting updates on there, and I think obviously as we get closer to next summer, we're going to see a huge wave of these things. I made the joke when Diablo 4 had a release date announced. I said, okay, so holiday season 2023 or February 2024, because let, let's just say they are a company, A, not known for hitting their release dates, and B, um, with all the news that's going on behind the scenes, and of course the whole shakeup with the, is the merger going to happen, is the merger not going to happen, I, I wouldn't be shocked if some delays come out. Now, a couple other things I wanted to mention really quick. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is going to be getting some new DLC in the new year. It's essentially a new map to do the missions on. Uh, Alien, uh, Fireteam, Alien's Fireteam Elite has a new uh, update where it is a mission called Broken Cistern. It is part of the Horde um, mission, so essentially it's a multi-level mission. I had to play it with two bots. I was all the way near the end, and they finally got me on the last Part, but uh, we do have some video up and that's out. And the last thing I wanted to bring up this week is uh, Avatar. So we talked about Avatar Way of Water coming to theaters this week. I'm going to get to see it very soon and uh, looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I know the exhibitors at the box office are desperately looking forward to it and the success. Um, we already know that it's on track to do about $200 million in China alone opening weekend, so it's looking to be, have a big opening the theaters are hoping it carries through well into the new year and does well. They're essentially seeing this to prop up a very sagging weak box office. We know Avatar 3 is already filmed, and if this is a success, we know 4 and 5 are already planning. Cameron's even said they could go beyond that. Well, we're hearing some rumors this week that apparently Avatar 4 and possibly 5, should they happen, would be a big shakeup in that the ideas have already been floated to the studio a while back. And they were like, wow, that's a game changer. One of the stories we're hearing is that Avatar 5 may be potentially set on Earth. So, uh, Justin, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I think we've talked, or I, I've mentioned in the past, um, you know, I, I think had been talked about that, that, that an Avatar 4 and 5 were either in the works or he had planned them. Um, we do know that he basically filmed two and three, but essentially back to back. So th those were kind of already set in stone. I remembered over the years that he had talked about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm also doing four and five or, um, and then, you know, years later he'd say, no, I'm not actually doing that. So it was kind of like, 
one of those situations where it was unclear as to how many more Avatar movies were planned. Uh, it's a little clearer now, now that the second one is actually coming out. Um, we we know that he basically did two and three, so we're we're getting a, th- a third one. Um, I guess it really depends um, on how this movie does, uh, and obviously the third one. The third one is also kind of set in stone. Um, before like a, uh, I can make a determination of whether a four and a five are a good idea. Um, I this might sound critical. I I liked Avatar. Uh, it's definitely um extremely visually impressive, and the new one also looks very visually impressive. But the one thing that I think Avatar was always missing, at least for me, was it didn't really have enough for me there to to really want to explore the the world more. Now that obviously can change uh with the second one, um, or or even the third one, uh. It was a, it was an interesting enough world, interesting enough characters, and the first one was a good introduction to all of those things. Um, but you really have to, if you're gonna, you know, make a um, a multi film series, it has to have it has to have a story that's driving it. Um, and I, I think you really kind of see what the foundation of what what that can be a plot for like a a big story arc that la- like lasts five movies. Um, that would really start with the second and the third one. So it really depends on how these movies go um, to to really make a determination of whether a four and a five will be uh, something that is, you know, interesting enough to watch and it has an interesting enough premise or if it's just spinning its wheels. Um, I guess it's just something that we'll have to see. I mean, James Cameron is a, obviously one of the most, if not one of the, arguably the most talented filmmaker alive. So... I'm sure that he will pull it off, but uh, it's just a wait and see, I guess, for me. And Michael, your take, please. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, the early buzz coming out of Avatar 2 is that it's better than the first. Um, it's visually, I, like, I, I, from what I've heard, visually, it's it's the most astounding movie ever made. Um, the, I guess the story, everything about the second one, the buzz again. This is all early buzz, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. But everybody's saying that it was far better than anybody could have anticipated or expected, and I don't think that's a surprise um, with James Cameron, you know, behind the wheel, and and uh, you know, for having a, a third one already, you know, done, it'll kind of tighten up that timeline for the release, because um, again, the first one was what about ten years ago. Um, and second and three would tie it up nicely. Uh, I, I I agree that it's a little bit premature to be talking about four and five for for a number of reasons. You know, if we see number four take ten to twelve years to come out, um, four or five, we're now talking about um, almost an entirely new audience again, kind of like this one is, right? Um, a lot of the the kids that are going to see it weren't even born when the first one came out, or were born. You know, three, four, or five years old when the first one came out, and a lot of the adults um, are getting older, and some of their priorities and interests may change. So it's always kind of, kind of hard to talk that much in the future to see how it goes. But obviously, um, it being put together and having a consistent approach with a with a goal and a, and a timeline put together, it might work. It definitely would work better than say coming back to the Star Wars prequels or sequels. You know, ten years after the fact, twenty years after the fact, 
without having a completely opposed position. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think what I'm going to look at is I, I don't think it's going to be any shock. It's going to open huge. And, you know, you could go on and say, wow, it's going to make, I, you know, I'm just going to spin a number out here. We're hearing 200 million in China, um, stuff like that. So let's say it has a 400, 500 million dollar opening a uh, few days. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe if everything breaks right by the time Christmas hits, it's, uh, it's pushing a billion dollars. And that under any stretch of the imagination would be a runaway success. But we've discussed how expensive this film is reportedly. The question is going to be, okay, after the first two weeks, how much money is it going to continue to bring in until, uh, you know, it reaches its cap? And, of course, the big argument is going to be there's not a lot of competition. But, you know, unfortunately, not to be the bearer of bad news, we are hearing reports that in some places COVID waves are ramping up with these new variants, and that may make people think twice about going to the theaters. So, you know, but history has shown people will go out for the event films, but they may not go for the casual ones. So it will be interesting to see where it ultimately ends up. Folks, that is going to do it for us this week. We are going to probably be off next week since I'll be traveling, but we will be back to do a show to wrap up 2022. We'll likely do a preview of 2023 in games, films, and more. And until that time, be very safe. Have a very happy holiday in whatever way you celebrate and whichever holiday you celebrate. If you do it all, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.